today on It's Time. Get right with God. Don't stay around for this. You don't want to. You don't want to go through this. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time. The daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. offers what Jesus Christ does, knowing this, all things work together for good to those that know and love God that are called according to his purpose. All things. Not just the things you did right. All things. What about the things I did wrong? God is bigger than the things you've done wrong. And that's the miracle power working of God. So all the religions will somehow tell you how to get right with God, but offer no hope to straighten your life out after you come to God. When you come to God as a Christian, God says, let the restoration begin. And God gets out there like an old car, wheels you in his shop, gets that big grinder. Imagine if that fender could talk. Ah, what are you doing? That grinding really hurts. God goes, no, but you're going to look good when it's done. And God grinds away on us and gets all the old rust out of our lives, gets all the dents out, bangs us all out, then puts a nice new shiny paint job on us. Wow, that's being born again, friends. But every once in a while, because my driving ain't so good, I get dents. Every once in a while, because the road of life is filled with chip and seal, you get a lot of broken windows. And God fixes those. See, God's the restorer of our lives. No other religion offers that. All they'll tell you to do is how to get right with God so firebolts don't fall on your car. But God, in his love, what he does is he restores us and blesses us and makes us new again. Oh, man, that's the great news of God. So we we go back here, and it says that this world, and by the way, on this Jesus said, pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things. Oh, man, I'll tell you. At this point, the believers on the earth at this time have no rapture to look forward to. They have no real redeemer that they can look at physically, knowing someone's going to come and rescue them. There isn't anything. You see, you're right in the middle of God's judgment on this earth. And so he says, And he opened the bottomless pit, verse 9-2, and it says, Smoke arose out of the pit like a great furnace. The sun, the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. And and to them it was given power as scorpions of the earth to have power. And they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, nor any green thing or any tree, but only those men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they, came, and they, they were not given authority to kill anyone, 
but just to torment them for five months as their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They'll desire to die and death will flee from them. Imagine trying to commit suicide. Hold a gun to your head during this particular time and your brains blow out one side of your head, but you don't die. So you just go around carrying your brain. Imagine jumping off the bridge out here and all all your bones crushed and yet you don't die. You just lay there in a broken state because God's not going to let it get away. Notice it also says, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth nor any green thing. This is a different kind of locust. Because if you look in the Bible, God used locusts to bring judgments on mankind. That was another one of the plagues of Egypt. Again, you'll, you'll find a lot of the, the things you find here in Revelation are reminiscent of the judgments that Moses and Aaron uh, brought upon Egypt when they wouldn't let the people go. God's judgments uh, kind of follow kind of a, a, a venue, if you will. And so it says it was given to them power as scorpions on the earth have power. Now, again, these are different kind of locusts that I've never seen before. In fact, their description, as we'll read on here, is quite unusual. Now, I've I've seen people come along and say, oh, these are helicopters with missiles. (laughs) Well, I don't find that. I, I think that's really neat conjecture but it doesn't really fit the story if you read as we're reading. These are supernatural, weird beasts that come out of a hole in the ground when the angel unlocks it, and these things come out to torment men. You know, I don't know all the stuff that's down below this earth. I don't think anybody does either. In fact, just to show you the point, Great Britain uh, had a lot of offshore oil wells. And they had a lot of these, and they just pumped all the oil out. All the oil's gone. Okay, shut the well down. And somebody got an idea. Why don't we go back and see if there's any more oil in those old oil wells, those big voids under the earth? And they went back only to find that they filled up with crude oil again. They have no explanation for it. Because crude oil is supposed to be caused by dinosaurs. Can't drive around with a tiger in your tank? Well, here's the problem. They fill back up. And they begin to think now that maybe crude oil is just a natural occurring thing because of the way the world is, the way the earth is. We don't know all that's down below us is the point. And here the Bible says there's a shaft where there's a lot of really bad things and they're unleashed upon the world. Now, Again, I think it's kind of noteworthy with all the demon hunters that we find on TV right now, and they got their infrared cameras, and they're, you know, they set it up, and are you there? Oh, I think I saw a flash of light on the, on the monitor. And they're all looking for these supernatural, friends, listen, supernatural occurrences during the tribulation period are going to be, you're not going to have to have a floral scam camera to see it. These things are going to be everywhere. Let's read on. It says, and they were not given to kill people, just to torment them. The shape of the locusts, verse 7, was like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads were crowns, something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like woman's hair, and their teeth were like, these are freaky looking things, man. 
I don't know what they are. I don't ever want to see one. These things come upon mankind. And again, not to kill, but just to, to sting and be, I don't know if any pe- people here have ever gotten stung by a scorpion. That may not relate a lot to Idaho, but I'll tell you, you get stung by a yellow jacket, you know what I'm talking about. I talked to a guy, uh, works, uh, worked on computers, and, and he comes out and looks at your things, and he said, he told me, he said, yeah, I've been stung four times this year, and he came down the day after I got stung, I opened my gate, and I didn't even know what happened. This, there was a bunch of wasps on the bottom, and they come up and stung my hand, and my hand swelled up like a catcher's mitt. I, it was just really weird. And you, you, you'd poke it, and boink, boink, you know, and my wrist all swollen. And I can't imagine what these things are like. These things are going to be a lot worse. Scorpion stings are really bad. A lot of people die from scorpions. They're not going to be allowed to kill anybody, but it's going to be a time of extreme pain on the earth. And notice it says, they have these weird looks. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots and many horses running into battle. And they had tails like scorpions, and their sting was like their tails, and they had power to hurt men for five months. The reason I, I reject the idea of these being helicopters is because usually if you have helicopters and you're an advancing army, your idea is to kill people. Here, it's not to kill people. It's only to torment them for five months. Notice verse 11. uh, It says, verse 11, it says, they had a king over them and an angel, uh, they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew as Abaddon, but in the Greek has the name Apollyon. Literally, destruction or destroyer is their king. Now, uh, David said concerning, score, uh, uh, concerning uh, locusts, they have no king. These do. And these are under a divine, you might say, appointment to torture people on the earth. The name of their leader this destroyer, no doubt Satan. One woe is past, still two more woes are coming after these. You can see why, why uh, the angel said, whoa, <laughs> the next three are really bad. This one would be pretty terrible. Now we have the sixth opening up. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying the sixth angel who had the trumpet Release the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. That's probably 2.5 billion people. Now these are some bad angels. Uh, You remember that the Bible tells us the fallen angels... Had, it seems like many different places. Some were cast to this earth. Some are so fierce that they're bound in the bottom of the river Euphrates for this time to be released. Some people say, well, why the river Euphrates? Actually, it was really the northernmost boundary of the original plot of uh, land that God gave to Abraham for the nation of Israel. I don't know uh, how that ties in with everything. Some people uh, think that the river Euphrates before the flood may have had something to do with the Garden of Eden? I don't know. So the four angels 
who have been prepared for the hour and the day. They have a specific time in which they are to be released to do what they're going to do. By the way, you remember earlier we read where one quarter of the world's population has been killed. Now you have a third more being killed. And so you have roughly 60% of the world's population in the first probably three years of the tribulation are dead. So 60% of the world's population three years into the tribulation will be dead. Hey, listen, um, get right with God. Don't stay around for this. You don't want to. You don't want to go through this. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen were 200 million, and I heard the number of them. It is interesting that this 200 million army is astounding. In fact, some people have said, this is, this is why the book of Revelation is unreliable, because there's never been an army this big. In fact, if you add up all the armed forces of the Second World War, we had about 70 million. This is 200 million. But what's weird that China several years ago, a couple decades ago, announced that they had a standing army of 200 million. <laughs> and uh, actually, when the Bible talks about kings of the east coming across the great river Euphrates, uh, the kings of the east literally mean in the Greek the land of the rising sun. And what's on, uh, what used to be on China's flag and what used to be on, or are still on Japan's flag, a rising sun. Well, looking at this, you see a couple of things. First thing we find, 200 million. Interesting. Creedence Clearwater Revival. How many people remember that group? They had a song called Run Through the Jungle. Anybody remember that song? If you want to hear some interesting things. In fact, somebody told me once that that actually was started out as a Christian band they, and they, they didn't like what they had to say. So, you know, but anyway, in their song, 200 million guns loaded, Satan's cross they came. Better run through the jungle. Don't look back to see is in the song. Well, here you find this 200 million listed. And thus... I saw the horses in the vision, and those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hephaic blue, sulfur yellow, and their heads were the heads of horses, and they were like heads of lions. And out of their mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. This is how they were killing people. These things would come up. Now, the first group just tormented people. This group of whatever it is, 200 million, whatever it is, comes up, and they... Crispy critters right there. And he says, the number of the horsemen, 200 million. Verse 18. And by these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by fire and smoke and brimstone, which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. Their tails are like serpents having heads and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, notice this, friends, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons, idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, wood, which can neither see see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their drugs or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Isn't it interesting that the word for pharmakia is the word for sorceries. 
You look at the plague of drugs that we have right now in America, it's staggering what the whole drug world has, has uh, become. The cartels in Mexico literally control entire towns. The people of the town work for the drug cartels. That's how big it is. Because of the world, the global demand for illicit drugs. Notice it says they won't repent of their murders. This is one of the great problems. They said, you know, in solving crimes years ago, they used to have some motive for somebody killing somebody. Now they just go out and kill people just for the sake of killing people. Their sexual immorality. Have you ever seen a time in the world where it's like that? Where you see all, no matter what TV program you watch, no matter what it is, when, when you look at all the whole immorality of the trans, transgender groups and all that kind of stuff, all that stuff going on, what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. If you stand for anything that has any backbone to it, you're a narrow-minded fundamentalist from the Victorian age, and you're not enlightened to be able to not know which bathroom you go, you're supposed to go into. I don't know. But we see this breakdown globally everywhere. It's not just in America, friends. It's everywhere. It says they did not repent. They would not repent with all these things. Talk about hard-heartedness. And see, that's what the Bible talks about. This is why the judgments of God are coming upon a non-believing world. Not only is the tribulation period God's judgment on the world, and as we're going to get up here a little bit farther, we're also going to see how this seven-year period deals with the nation of Israel. This is the 70th week of Daniel till all things are fulfilled. We're going to talk about that next week when we come together. And when we get into uh, chapter 10, we're going to talk about this little book. I believe this little book in Revelation 10 is the book of Revelation. And it says when you eat it, it's going to be sweet in your mouth, but when you digest it, it's going to be bitter in your stomach. And I think about that. Oh, Jesus is coming back. He's going to take us to heaven. Hallelujah. We're out of this place. And I'm happy, happy. But then you digest it and you think about your friends and your relatives. Maybe your moms and your dads and your kids. Your friends that you work with. And even though they're kind of kooky at work, you still love them. And you realize the world that's going to be left behind. And then all of a sudden you realize the bitterness as it sets in what this world is going to be like. Friends, it ain't the dawning of the age of Aquarius. It isn't John Lennon's and the world will be as one. It's going to be the worst time in the history of the world. Revelation 16 says, unless those days were shortened. What it means by that, really, this tribulation period should have gone on for a lot longer than seven years. But unless those days were shortened, nobody would be left alive. Now, whether God does it or whether mankind does it, I don't know. I do know this, if you study history, there's not one weapon mankind's ever invented that he has not used. And when you look at the potential of global nuclear proliferation, it isn't just America and Russia building atomic bombs. I mean, you have, they said North Korea is one of the poorest countries on earth and they're developing nuclear weapons. And I don't think they mind selling them to anybody that wants to buy them since they're so strapped for cash because they can't even feed their own, their own uh, population. So you stop to think about that for a minute. Smuggling a suitcase bomb in a New York or Los Angeles 
or maybe many of them into the cities. Our, as we all know, our borders are completely porous. We don't know who's coming across. We don't have any idea about anything. So some guy just comes into the country carrying a suitcase bomb and goes to L.A. You think about it for a minute and realize that what we call normal can change so rapidly. Jesus said, work for the night is coming when no one can work. What you can do today, do today. Share your faith with your friends. Like I said before, if you can't tell your mom and dad about Jesus because you're too close to them, I changed their diapers, then bring them here. I'll tell them they didn't change mine. And I can be able to share with them how important it is in these days that we live in. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 24, he said, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Can you see them begin to happen? Can you see global instability in the world? Yes, more now than ever before. Can you see the nation of Israel in their homeland? Can you see Jerusalem, the capital of Israel? One of the key things that Jesus said in in Luke chapter 21 to watch for is Jerusalem under Jewish control. He goes on in that chapter and says, the generation that sees Jerusalem back under Jewish control is the last generation. I didn't say it, Jesus did. Now, something to think about for a minute, real quick. When Jesus made that prediction, Jerusalem was under Roman control. So it was ridiculous when he said it. Then in 70 AD, a Roman general named Titus, not the same Titus that's in the Bible, a different general named Titus, came in, and because of Israel's rebellion, and this is when Jesus, when he fell under the weight of the cross, he, he said, don't weep for me, weep for your children. Because they're going to see that some 40 years later as Jesus fell under the weight of the cross. Don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. And as he saw that day when Jerusalem was burned to the ground. And then they tore it down. And then out of mockery, the Roman government says, yes, you can return to your city of Jerusalem, your beloved city, once a year to see the devastation once a year on the day that it was conquered. That's what he did. And yet Jesus said Jerusalem would be under Jewish control again. What a ridiculous statement. But yet you look today, it's under Jewish control, just as the Bible said it would be. Israel is God's time clock. Always watch the nation of Israel. That gives you an idea of what's going to happen. And when the Bible says, check it out for yourself, Luke 21, read it for yourself. Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. If Gabriel was going to blow his trumpet, are you ready to go? That's the question. And if you're not, you need to get ready. How do you get ready? You got to get out there and earn it. No, that's not, that's not any kind of good news. Because if I'm out earning it, I don't know if I did enough to merit eternal life. It's a free gift. Jesus stands knocking on the door of your heart, wanting to forgive you of your past. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you've never said, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to turn my life over to you. I want to be adopted into your family. I want to be able to call God my daddy rather than some unknowable force out there, my big buddy upstairs, whatever. I want to know him as daddy. And it begins with a prayer. So if you've never prayed, and that's Christ in your life. We're going to pray right now. 
And you'll escape these things that we read about. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. And so from this day forward, I want to be your child. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now write my name in your book of life. I can spend my eternity with you forever and never be scared of dying ever again. So fill me with your Holy Spirit to be about your business, to do what you want me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.